All right. Welcome back everyone. It's uh, Reinventing African Systems, R-A-S, with me, H-T-L-A. Um, first off, uh, I want to tell you people what has been happening this week. And this week, I embarked on uh, working on a website for this podcast. And I think by next week, it will be done. So in the next episode, I will probably leave you guys with the link. Uh, I link to the to the podcast's uh, website. So there, are, of course, now you there have been, of course, people you know telling me you are not on this platform. Where I can't get you on this on this platform, I can't get you on this platform. But uh, so all the platforms on which this podcast is. Uh, are going to be there on the website. So it's just you, you just have to choose between, you know, what you want and what you can actually access. Or you can even leave, uh, you can actually visit the website and, you know, listen from there per week, every week. So there'll be also a blog, a blog section. Uh, you guys, that's why you'll be leaving your comments and, you know. And then, of course, uh, your suggestions, everything. Then, yeah, the the blog. That's where uh, we are going to have uh, articles, articles by me and articles by some of you guys who, will, of course, submit. So I can't. I'm so excited about it. I can't wait to tell you guys it's ready. And perhaps in the next in the next episode, that's that's going to happen. Anyway, how are you? How have you been? Uh, it's HTLA with me back on uh, RAS, and this is the seventh episode, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Depending on the platform you're using, some platforms consider the podcast trailer, and some others don't. So, yeah. But basically, this is the seventh appearance uh, on the show. And uh, this week, uh, I want us to open up to money. I want us to open up to money. So basically, the world of business and how things go in Africa. Yep. Yeah. So uh, this week I embarked on money because I thought uh, it was okay. The way how, you know, I thought the way how people looked at money is, uh, you know, like fine. It is okay. But then this week, recently, I realized it's not. Uh -huh. Yeah, because um, I was watching a video with a friend of mine. He actually showed me how he actually recommended me that video. I went and watched it, and uh, some guy was talking about pretty much that happens in uh, Africa, and basically that's how it happened. So he was talking about how African youth and uh, businessmen and women in Africa view business and money. Said. Uh, that in Africa, in most cases, we usually don't look out to starting big big corporations, big businesses, enterprises, entities, companies. We don't. Uh, the systems seem to have uh, confined this ridiculous thought in our heads that starting a small business is actually okay. And on this episode, we are saying it is not. Why do you have to start a small business 
when you can start a big one? Why do you have to make some money when you can make money? Why do you have to, you know, own some house when you can have a big house, a mansion? Why do you want to why do you want to limit what you are going to do and what your business is going to be like when you can actually do more than that? And when it's of course not just a matter of what or hard work or what, when it's actually in the first place a matter of thinking that you can do it, one, and then working towards it. I have always told people people that I usually meet and people I usually give some, you know, uh, financial, you know, take-ins, I usually tell them, look, when you're going to start a business and you tell yourself, uh, by 2025, I want this million to be 500 million worth. When you tell them you want your business to be 500 million worth in uh, five years, and say maybe in 2025 if you succeed you're probably going to get 600 million if you still succeed you're probably going to get 500 million if you fail to succeed if you if you fail to achieve this goal you're probably going to get 300 million or 200 million and then someone else if you are person x and then person y Person Y tells his friends or her friends that he or she is going to start a business or has a business, already has a business, but in less than uh, in less than five years, or say in uh, 2025, he wants his business to be worth five billion. Hmm? They are going to apply. Uh, the same techniques you have applied to improve business, of course, business marketing and profits. Usually, uh, they lie on the same side of the paper. But in the in the five years, or in 2025, if she succeeds, she will probably have her business worth of six billion. If she doesn't, she will probably have. Oh, if she still succeeds, she will probably have five billion in her business. If she fails, she will probably have 3 billion or 2 billion in her business. But remember in 2022, your businesses were the same. You had the same shops, you had the same customers, you just set different destinations. And in this case, we are going to consider the worst case scenario. When you, when X and Y have both failed, failed to fulfill their their business achievements and their business dreams, their goals and missions, if I should call them. So in that case, X, who had set out to have $500 million or maybe million shillings in his or her business by 2025, failed and got $200 million. Whereas Y, who set out to have $5 billion, and in which case she has also failed, he or she has also failed, has failed, of course, and has two billion out of the five he has set, or she has set. But at the end of the day, there is something that has happened, something so important to note, something so, so, I don't know, I don't know what to call it, but so paramount, so crucial in business that African youths and African youth businessmen and women usually 
don't consider. Actually, 90% don't consider. This is what has happened. In as much as both of them have failed, the person who set a higher destination has failed with uh, a very high capacity in business, or should I say a very high revenue, or should I say income, or should I say net worth, whatever you might want to call it. These two people had the same business at the beginning. The first person set out to have $500 million. The second person set out to have $2 billion, $5 billion. This person has got $2 billion, and the other person has got $200 million. The difference is that in as much as the other person has failed and still has to work some more to achieve his mission, he is four times better, not even four times better, he is 10 times better than the person who set a small, a small destination, is actually a lower destination, a small dream if I should call it. The mentality of business here is, when you tell yourself you're going to achieve something small, you might achieve it or probably don't and which is always the case you probably won't but if you fail when you have set a small dream you're probably going to be behind your house if you, it was a journey and you were supposed to travel five kilometers you'll probably see still, still be a stone throw away from your house and people will tell you, you have done nothing but if you set yourself 20 kilometers at the end of the journey you'll be at 15 kilometers you'll be too far from your home one thing has happened in these two scenarios. The first person set out to be 5 billion worth in 2025. The second person set out to be 500 million worth. Even if the second person who set out to be 500 million worth, even if he or she succeeded, and in this case we're going to consider a scenario where the person who set out to have 5 billion worth fails and then the person who set out to have 500 million 500 million yes uh, actually succeeded and got even some bonus so if if he or she succeeded in getting the 500 million dollar worth by 2025 and the other person failed it means the person who failed is four times better than the person who has succeeded Ladies and gentlemen, that is the scenario we have in Africa. We set small dreams. When we achieve them, we think we have achieved things, but we have not. We set a very short distance, which does not require a lot of energy, which does not require a lot of hard work, which does not require our too much involvement in the business, which does not require to step down. Step down, put your foot down, and stamp on the ground, oppose forces, look and walk through factors which are opposing your dreams. We don't set out those goals. We set out goals which are so easy to accomplish, journeys which are so, so short to walk, and heights which are so short to jump. At the end of the day, we call ourselves winners, and that is how we have 90% of the population in Africa still lying successfully and actually reluctantly lying, you know, medium rich families and then 
of course in the lower class families and 90% of which 60% is probably is of course without doubt lying in the poverty lane now what does this what is what is the rest the 10% doing differently from what other uh, from what others are doing now we have two scenarios still one is the people in 10% in the remaining rich 10% which is also not so rich by the way because if you looked at Africa's richest man he's only i think 15 billion dollars worth yes 15 billion dollars worth and he's no way compared on the world scene but of course we are living on the richest island 1.3 billion people 18 popula- 18% of the world's population that's why we're living world's richest island and world's most diverse island that's where we're living so you would expect of course undoubtedly to have one of the richest people in the world at least in the top 10 but that's that's not the issue the point here is what is the 10 population what is the 10% of the of the population of africa doing differently one we have two scenarios either these people were born in rich families in which case we will also consider whether that rich family started out as a rich family or was self made and two the second scenario is when these people are actually self made billionaires or millionaires or whatever they are and of course for the interest of elaborating this episode we are going to go with those who have, who have actually created their own wealth who are you know who are self made self made millionaires and and billionaires what are they do, doing differently uh you look at companies like mtn owned by south african you'd look at companies like dfcu you'd look at companies like dstv you'd look at companies like safaricom you'd look at companies like uh mtl of tanzania conglomerate of course safaricom from kenya you'd look at companies like uh, rupalaria group in uganda you'd look at companies like uh, glo glocom of ghana nigeria rather nigeria you'd also look at companies other companies many companies or mm-hmm. african oils african oils limited you'd look at many other companies which are owned by african self-made billionaires what did they do i don't know what they did I honestly don't know. I've been going through the internet. I've researched about almost all of them. But then they have one thing. There are a lot of factors we all know which actually take, you know, which you have to which influence how rich or how poor you're going to be. But at least these people had one thing in common. Besides having the fact that besides the fact that they have they had uh, you know like started from ground. Besides the fact that they are self-made Yes. There is also another, another thing. And of course which I think uh, basically you would say they are doing differently from the rest. All these people billionaires, some trillionaires compared to the kind of currency you're going to have to be putting in your head under this scenario. All these people have done one thing. 
they did not think that after five years or after 10 years or after 20 years they would have a small business they never set out to have a small business they never set out to make some money they never set out to build some house they never said they woke up one morning said no this has to change this is not a life that i want to live i want to live to live a life of financial independence and which of course i want us to talk about as well financial independence in this case not meaning some money to pay for your school to pay for your children's school then some money to refill your gas in your car then some money to accommodate for your wife's needs then some money to actually accommodate for your own needs and then some money to put up a some house a small house somewhere and then of course on some land that's not the financial independence people i'm talking about because in all those scenarios you will be financially independent how you will have a house you won't pay rent you will have enough money to pay for your kids school you will have some money to accommodate for the needs at home you will basically have some money to do literally everything but you will not have enough money to fulfill your desires these people said no enough is enough today i have to change my life tomorrow i have to be better today i'm doing this tomorrow i want to be like this and at the end of their journeys the journeys they put in their heads when they were starting they all had the biggest successes that you are seeing in your faces right now the metier reparia group mtn glow african oils all those huge companies they did not start by saying i want to start a small company they did not they intended to make the best companies around their villages around their countries they did not want to start small businesses which would feed uh, which would accommodate for around 100 clients in a village they set out to start businesses which would help which would actually um have consumers from uh, across of course the country country wide have consumers country wide they set out to start products to sell to make products which would be consumed not just locally but also internationally not just in africa also outside not just in their respective regions also in other horns of africa and southerns of africa and easterns and westerns of africa northerns of africa and westerns of africa francophone and british and where whatever they set out to make everything work in that sort of way that is what they have in common that is one thing that is for sure what the 90% which is still poor what it is doing differently is that it is setting very short heights if you really want to jump to the clouds if you want to jump to the moon actually if you want to jump to the moon 
You don't tell yourself no. Today, let me jump at least two meters. Tomorrow, I'll jump another two meters. Tomorrow, I'll jump. You'll take a lifetime. Take a scenario of a person earning two million per month. In whatever currency, I'm assuming that is the best that any employee can go. Two million per month. When you're earning two million per month, I do not want us to... Okay, let's just do it. Two million per month. In a year, you'll have 24 million. In a year, you'll have 24 million. In 10 years, you'll have 240 million. In 10 years, you'll have 240 million. If you tell yourself, in, in, in 20 years, you'll have 480 million. You won't even have half a billion in 20 years working on a job that pays 2 million, which you're all thinking it is a lot. Of course, we are not telling people, and of course, this is not about telling people to quit their jobs. But I wouldn't want to bring in a court, but it is all better. Whether you disagree or you agree with me, on this one, someone said it is as long as you're still considering your career, your job, your career, as long as you still take your job, that job you're doing, you're employed by someone. As long as you're still thinking that is your career, you're never going to get any rich. And even if you got rich, you'll still have a lot, a lot of financial limitations. Rich in this case not meaning, uh, of course, the, the, the aforementioned scenarios of the wife and the kids and the what and school and the small house and the small in a small town, eh? you know, on a small plot. No. And that is actually true, believe it or not. He said, went on and said, the best way to have a rich mindset. The best way to be rich is one, have a rich mindset. Two, put value in yourself, add value in yourself. When people around you think you're valuable, of rather think you're very valuable, they will invest in you. When they invest in you, it's just about you now to have a rich idea. An idea that can multiply the money that they have invested in so that at the end of the day you can pay them back and remain with the capital. Three, have a rich mindset. Having a rich mindset is setting goals which people think are impossible. Such that when you try to achieve the impossible, you will achieve, you will end up achieving the best, not the impossible. Even if you failed. Of course, in which case if you had not if you, if you don't succeed in achieving the impossible, if you set out to do the impossible, you will do the best if you fail. If you succeed, you will do the impossible. Both cases, in both cases, you will be a winner. If you set out to do the best, you will do some medium, you know, everyone can do it casual. So, a rich mindset, 
and within within a rich mindset of course you will have a lot of thoughts you will have a lot of things one one of them being not taking your job seriously and by not taking your job seriously i don't mean quitting or i don't mean not actually taking it seriously they will fire you not taking your job seriously in this case meaning you are at a job you're employed you're earning 2 million invest the 2 million such that at the end of the day your main job is actually your side hustle that was the meaning of that quote if you're a teacher you're a doctor i understand doctors don't have time but you can invest money the good thing with investing you don't have to work doctor teacher nurse engineer everything whatever you are as long as you're not self employed as long as you're employed and you're actually working for someone invest that money so that at the end of the day because let me show you what investment does i've already given you a scenario of 2 millions a month as a salary now take this in my country where i come from the worst kind of a job that people think anyone can ever do is being a border border guy in town border border motorcycle motorbike guy okada man whatever in whatever country you are but whatever you call it that is it in town being a border border guy is the lowest other than of course not being a porter let's not go there a border border guy in my town in actually my country averagely they make 40000 per day 40000 per day or 30000 in both cases at the end of the month one would respectively have 900,000 and 1.2 million 1.2 million one a banker earns from 800,000 to 1.5 million that's a person working where you are actually keeping your money where the whole country keeps its money in a bank a banker gets from 800 1.5 let's compare a border border guy the worst job around town to a banker one of the best jobs around town and let's use a banker earning 1.5 the most they can earn and then a border border guy earning the lowest they can earn which is 900 in a month There are two things which are going to happen in this. At the end of this, I want you guys to pick the picture of what investment is and what employment is. One. <clears throat> you are a banker, you work in a bank. You're almost obliged to live in a good house, one. Have a good personality. Take good care of yourself eat good food because apparently that's what you're used to because the bank serves you the best food around town as lunch eat the best food 
shop from supermarkets. You don't take a border border. You usually take an Uber. Or sometimes take a border border. But you order it on your phone. Or sometimes take any. But you don't walk. Or you probably have a car. Of course you need a car. You are a banker. At the end of the month you have a you'll have a house a good house and a good house no, I, I won't call it a good house but in my country a fair house to live in for a person you know like a banker that great when they have not constructed it's not theirs so what they can afford in most cases is usually fairly 500 or 400,000 that's fairly nice because the house is good probably two or three rooms and a shower and a kitchen. 500,000 deducted from your 1.5. Then your personality, you have to keep up. Suits, shopping. For you, when you go shopping, you, you, you buy suits. Eh? You buy suits, perfumes of 100,000. You're a banker. At the end of the month, your expenses touch 1 million. Just your expenses. Now, I don't, we haven't got to the part where you have a family, but let's not go there. We are, in this case, comparing two people, a single banker and a single border border guy. Now, the Okada guy or the border border guy, on the other hand, so at the end of the day, a banker will only have 500,000 on their account or less, and of course, most probably less. Let's give... Let's give them 400,000. Of course, we have not touched food at night, breakfast in the morning, and then keep up, then transport to and from work. And then if you have a car, fuel, gas, tax, and all that. Because you live in that lifestyle, so you have a credit card, you have a bank account, and you have to sign it, sustain it monthly. So you'll end up with 350 or 400. That's the most you can end up with at the end of the month. And because you are a banker, you're probably going to post it back on your account. In the name of saving, which is not bad, but which we will get back later. Which we'll get back to later. A border border guy, Okada guy, motorcyclist, on the other hand. <clears throat> makes 900,000 because he knows he's a border border guy and he knows he does one of the worst jobs in the town he lives in a house of seven of 70,000 he takes one meal at night and that meal is usually 2k 2,000 and during the day he also takes another meal and a bottle of water 2,000 and then a bottle of water 1,000 that is 5,000. He uses 5,000 per day. He doesn't cook. Because apparently he gets home almost at midnight. With a chikomando or chapatis or any other kind of food, katogo, toningira, which he has probably bought at 2K. Eats and sleeps. He has come with that kind of food in Cavera. Eats and sleeps. So he uses 5,000 5, per day, at most. Because sometimes he's so fixed at work, he doesn't take anything.
150. That's what he consumes. Food and drink. 150 per month. Now, 150 plus the 70,000 he rents, that's 220. 220 plus keep up, fueling the, the motorcycle. And of course, the 40,000 we calculated is usually respective and exclusive of the gas fee, fuel fee. Because usually they started there with maybe 5,000 or 10,000, and then he makes 40,000. Then he doesn't deduct uh, 10,000 or that. So it's usually all things included, and then all the costs excluded. So at the end of the month, he doesn't spend more than 300,000 because he lives, he keeps a low-key life. And because he's a border border guy, he has this jacket, leather jacket he bought in January, and it will probably get up, it will probably get torn in two years. It is smelly, so he bought another one. So he has, he has three. And then he has four pairs of trousers, or probably two pairs of trousers, and then two pairs of shirts. He washes them once a week, and he puts them on each each cloth per day each cloth per day he washes again on sunday so <clears throat> at the end of the day he doesn't use uh, he doesn't use more than 300,000 he has saved 600,000 from his 900,000 and you have saved 400,000 from your 1.5 but that's not why we are here it's not we are not in this case i'm not comparing saving I'm not comparing saving, or I'm not comparing saving in the in the in the sense of living a low-profile life, and saving in the sense of living a high-profile life. In this case, I'm actually considering employment. You are employed on the job where you are employed. You're almost obligated to put on like they put on, to live in a house like the other like the rest lives in, because they think in most cases in my country when you're employed you're in the middle class especially when you have a good job. A teacher, a doctor, a nurse, an engineer, a banker, an accountant, an office person. You're usually in the middle class. But you're saving 400,000 and you're probably posting it back on your what? On your account. This border border guy now does one thing. <clears throat> he says, okay, at the end of every month, I will, I will usually have 600,000. I will chop 100,000 for my own keep up. Then, I will save 500,000. After one year, I will buy another border border. Give it to someone else who will also be, instead of 40,000, he will be deducting 20,000 and he will be giving me 20,000 per day. That, I will add on my 40,000, which I make per day, and it will add, it will now be 60,000. In the second year, I will buy another border border. In the third year, I will buy another border border. In the fourth year, I'll buy another border border. If all things go well, in the fifth year, I will have five border borders. Because a border border is 3.5 million. Actually, four, four million. If he's saving 500,000 per month, he can buy a border border in less than a year. In actually less than eight months. 
in five years he has five border borders five border borders bringing him 200,000 per day you are still on your same old job you probably got a rank you are now a manager but you're earning 2 million they only added 500,000 and you think it's a lot It is a lot because you have been saving 400,000 per day. Now you don't save 900 because you have also learned ways on how to chop it. And because you have been increased in the rank you are a manager now you have also increased the personality you're living, the life, house you're now in one for one million or probably 700,000. The suits you used to buy from the normal markets now you don't because that's no longer your personality. How will they see a bank manager going to that market? So now you use it by suits of 100,000 now you buy suits of 300,000 or 200,050. A boda boda guy at the end of 5 years you are the manager you're getting 2 million he's getting 200,000 per day he's still a boda boda guy putting on that smelly jacket but he earns 200,000 a day. 200,000 a day times 30 days. called 6 million. He's earning 6 million. He's still living in his house of 100 and and 12. He moved apparently he also moved. He upgraded Munang. It's not only you who upgrades. He upgraded from 70,000 to 150. Now he lives in a small double room with electricity, heats food. He he's not like you who lives in a whole house but uses only one room. You're planning on ways of getting other rooms filled so you're going to get someone's daughter. He still thinks his double room is small so he will first construct his own house. He's getting 6 million. It means per month he has the capacity to buy a new border border. And per month you're still saving 700. You probably now have 10 million on your account and you think you have a lot. He has 0 million but he gets 200 200,000. He invested. Now, if you sit down both of you and now start saving for a house, who is going to construct faster? That is the question you want to I want you guys to ask yourself. You're saving 800, boda boda guy is saving 6 million per month. If you sit down to construct a house in 4 months you will have 24 million. 24 he can buy a plot of 12 million, construct a house of 12 million. You're saving 800. You probably going to need some 3 years to buy land and then another 2 years to construct a house. At the 6 million he gets per day. At the 6 million he gets per day. Per month rather. the 6 million he gets per month he can save up to 100 million in less than a year and a half in about 2 years he can save 300 million imagine all those 300 millions were border borders he has on streets and he now has a business of border borders he quit 
you just go to his business, you just go to his place, you deduct, you leave there your ID, your national ID, you leave there your tax information, you leave there your parents' information and identity, your place of location, you take a border border every morning, you bring it back in the evening with 20,000, and then you take your 20,000 away. That's his business now, and every day he makes around 3 million. He has 50 border borders after 10 years, and he makes around 3 million per day. You're probably, you're probably the head of all operations in that bank. You're earning 10 million per month. He's earning 2 millions per day. It means he's earning 60 million per month. You're earning 6 million. You're still renting. He has a shop besides your, besides your bank. You think people are stealing money. You call him one of those people in the government. Or you're probably so dumb and naive you call him one of those guys who go under the... who, who have joined Illuminati. You think he has grown up so fast. In the 10 years, he couldn't have achieved all that. But I'm telling you, he did. And he started in a border border. The worst jobs around town. But he invested, you saved. He invested, you saved. Now his building is also bringing 20 million per month. His border borders are bringing 60 million per month. In a year, he can collect a billion. With a billion, you can construct the biggest house in the country. He's going to be one of the richest people in the country. You're going to be one of the richest bank managers in the country. You won't own that bank. He is now 42. You are also 42. By the time you hit 48, where they are going to probably retire you, he will have shares in your bank. You will still be an employee. You will retire. Then you will embark on investing. You will think about investing when you're 48. When he's 48, he will have shares in the bank that you have been working for the last 20 years. You will start investing. You will start from scratch. You have come from the bank with that retirement token of 50 million. You think it's a lot. You have no idea where you're going. You have no idea you're going to die at 75 and you still have 25 years ahead of you. And you only have 50 million to rely on. Because you're 50 and you have been in a job so good, you don't want to accept the low paying jobs which have been put available for you. Or in the same sense, no one is going to actually willing, no one is actually willing to employ a person who is 50 and can't handle work. You have been dealing with numbers throughout your life. You are forgetful. You look at everything from the view of a computer. You look at the people who would have been helping you as if they were screen monitors. You ignore them because they are not as rich as you. You have a house also. Apparently you constructed. You have a wife, you have kids going to nice schools. People who consider you valuable and would actually be willing to invest in you, you're chasing them away because you think they don't have money. 
but they do only that they are living in that condition where you think they don't and they do have money more than you actually do they are living in that same situation where the border border guy was living when he was earning 2 million per day now he owns the bank that you were working for and because we are so used to balancing your body at work you boarded day in day out day in day out except Sundays for 25 years your fat and sugars have grown they are so high your diabetes clocks are ticking your biological clock is ticking you're 60 he is the biggest shareholder in your bank he takes care of his body because he's used to every situation he's seen hell and fire you haven't seen anything you're 60 because you sat in your office for 35 years or 30 years or 25 you have been diagnosed with prostate with prostate cancer your limbs can't join properly your thighs are getting old your thigh bones your pelvis is also crotchy you have been asked 100 million in the hospital for diagnosis diagnosis and treatment you don't have it you will sell your lands which you probably bought when you are still working as the manager You are dying at 65. At 65 he's a physique muzei who owns the bank he used to work for. He started with the border border you started with the bank. Now he ends with the bank you ends in a, you end in a grave. It's called investment. That's basically what we talked about today. And I don't think I have a lot to tell you by the way. So ciao. Catch you on the next one.